Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all the latest betting markets, odds and promotions, visit williamhill.com. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill. It's who you play with. Oi, oi, and welcome to the podcast, Little Peas Up Air, with me, Mark Wood, and Miles Chubb. Hello, Miles. Hello, Mark. How are you? You look, um, you look quite rattled. Oh, I've had a bad, I've had a bad five minutes. I mean, I was sprightly on the introduction there, but I've had a bad, well, longer than five, ten minutes actually with with technology. It's really let me down um, to the point where my iPad. It's as if someone else is on it and trying to to touch the screen, and different bits are going off. And honestly, it's got me worked up. And to top it all off, I've been to South Africa for three and a half weeks, not played a game. Coronavirus has been rife, and I've come home. Oh dear! Yes, no, I can see the um, the IT problems. Very much the tip of the iceberg, I think. You've been in what? Just one hotel in South Africa, or two? Yes, no, just just the one, the Vineyard, beautiful hotel in Cape Town, with a sort of table mountain views, um, tortoises in the gardens, squirrels running amok. Yeah, coronavirus there as well. People listening will think that doesn't sound like hardship, in a way. But <laughs> but but to to get to the point of being there, you've already had to do so much, and then I can imagine that is sort of wildly frustrating, and also just not you know just wanted to get out in the park. I think that's what it is. It's just the distraction away from the cricket. Like we were there to play cricket. Obviously, I hadn't played in the 2020, so I was desperate to play in the ODIs. But you'd almost certainly have played in the ODIs, wouldn't you? Well, I was re- ready to go. Um, that first game, um, I was going to play that match. We actually drove to the ground, got to the gates. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm going to charge in. Quinton de Cock here. I'm coming for you. Temba <laughs> I'm coming for you. And as the coach pulled up to the gates, we just drove off and did a loop back to the hotel. And the stewards were like on the street looking as if, Where's the where's the team bus going? And that's that's how it happened. And we we went back to the hotel, and Morgie turned around and said, "Games off, lads." And that was that. We sort of knew beforehand, didn't we? That you know that it was all going a bit pear shaped. The fact that the corona had getting into our sort of bubble, obviously, right from the start, um, it had, it was in the South African bubble. And we managed to separate ourselves from them. We didn't see them very much at all. Um, so we were kept very much separate, and and then it didn't really hit home for us until it got into our bubble. So then there was a little bit of, you know, I would say nervousness around our camp uh, around, and that's where we all got tested again. And unfortunately we got a couple of positives back. Luckily there were false positives, but um, sort of by that point, I think the sort of anxiety and the nature in which, you know, that this could be in the hotel had gone by that point. We were looked after fantastic by the hotel staff. We were looked after fantastic. Um, the whole time we were there, we were very lucky to be there. A beautiful hotel, good settings. We were allowed to go out and play golf if lads wanted to do. We were allowed to sit by the pool if we wanted to do. So, look, it wasn't all that bad. There were some lovely bits of it. I think just the frustration is we didn't get any cricket. 
and the fact that the, that the coronavirus was a big distraction in the end. Lots to look forward to. You're already, you've been named in the Sri Lanka squad, uh, well, in the England squad to tour Sri Lanka. That would obviously be an extraordinary turnaround. Um, that we, we expected to be picked, presumably. You've, d- you've done nothing wrong. Well, you've done nothing. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'm just hoping that we don't have a bus situation and we don't land in Sri Lanka and then as, as we're about to touch down the tarmac, the pilot pulls up and we head back to England. <laughs> uh, and and we, we go here, we go again. But look, uh, I think I'm very excited for that tour. Um, uh, I think we've if we want to do well in the Test Championship, we've got to win there. I'm, I'm quite confident. We spoke earlier today and you said you were you were training in your garage. But was that like physical training or? Yeah, just doing some uh, some weights in my garage. I'll try and bowl um, a couple of times before. Is it? I imagine your garage is sort of like Tony Soprano's cellar. <laughs> no, minus the Lots dead of hush, bodies. Lots of hush conversations yeah. under the vent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, minus the dead bodies. Yeah, but no, I think um, no. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to it. Doug as well. You have to do this bit here, which is. Um, slightly sort of annoying in terms of your training because you just want to get out and play especially when I haven't played but it's a it's a build up to to what could be so um, it has to be done mentally I'm in a, a nice place because you get to be home for Christmas um, looking forward to pigs and blankets that's a personal favourite of mine not a Christmas cat, uh, Christmas cake fan uh, marzipan doesn't go well with me how about you Miles? Uh, I love I love a Christmas pudding proper Christmas pudding Mm. You um, seem like you'd be some sort of cheese kind of guy as well. Have I got that right? I I might have to give up cheese by the time it's actually Christmas. I've gone absolutely. I've started going absolutely cheese daft. And you know that thing. I always thought it was a myth about vivid dreams if you have cheese. But I've had a couple of real sort of three thirty in the morning kind of oh uh, sort of dreams recently. But I can't stop. It's actually partly COVID's fault because it's the um, the fact that you can do contactless up to forty five pounds now. Means that there's no there's no cut off point when you're buying cheese, uh, and so that's taken its toll on me. That could be a new nickname, cheesy, cheese man. I take it, I suppose. Have you had any other nicknames? Have I? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I well, actually, I, there was a nickname I had at school for a while from the cricket field. I, I got called um, Grandad by a, a section of the community, which was from as a result of I think like a fielding drill. Um, I sort of set off to, to, to pick up a ball and the cricket coach says, look at him, he runs like an old man. And the cricket coach himself was an old man, like he was a retired guy that just came back. To... <laughs> and so that I think that led to being called Grandad. I'm not very good at coming up with nicknames for people. I have a, a friend who calls me The Sweeper uh, and I said, why is that? And he said, because you come up with very bad nicknames that have nothing to do with anything. So I've come up with a nickname for you that hasn't... But he's still... I suppose if you store someone as it in your phone, so I'm only ever reminded of this name if I ring Ollie, he's called, and I ring him, and he'll say, the sweeper, whenever he rings up, and it's... But you you presumably got a series of extraordinary nicknames, Mark. Uh, Not really. More more piss takes at school. I was called Owl, on the account that I've got big eyes. Timon, (laughs) on the account that I look like Timon from The Lion King, the little meerkat. Um... (laughs) What, the owl is just about big eyes. Have you got any other characteristics you share with owls? What's your diet? <laughs> Do you are you normally awake at night and um, asleep in the day? Are you wise? Oh, how uh, how far round can you turn your neck? All the way, and I'm constantly hooting. <laughs> I can tell. I can completely rotate my head. Or what if it's that? Oh, I thought is the eyes. <laughs> we had Joss on last week, and he gets called Jose, and you well, absolutely love that, don't you? I love I love that that he's genuinely called Jose, but I like the fact that it because you you forwarded on a message that you'd had from um, uh, Owen Morgan. In the, uh, hi in Owen, which, thanks for listening again. Hi Owen, big 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 fan. Um, I the the and he called him Jose in a kind of throwaway way, and I I love that point when a nickname, which starts as a sort of funny thing, then stops being funny because it's just used every day, and then sometimes it gets to the point where someone's got. A really inappropriate nickname that people have forgotten is inappropriate or whatever because they just they just don't hear what's in it anymore and then suddenly then find themselves saying to everyone, "What's um so it's very interesting to me." Sorry, I didn't catch your friend. Is your friend called Ballsy or whatever it might be? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's good. Yeah. Who's got? Uh, are there any nicknames in the England cricket team that we don't we don't know about? You got because I think Zach Crawley uh. he gets called Creepy Crawley, didn't he? But that was John Crawley's nickname. I feel that's. No, I, I, I nicknamed him Mary Berry 
as well, on the account that he had a haircut like Mary Berry. <laughs> uh, Liam Plunk has called me Wooksy and Putsy. Um, the Ants was the, the fast bowler. I don't, I don't know why we got called the Ants, but that was, uh, I think, it was on the account that we do all the hard work for the for the batters. Now, I can't remember when, when this was, but we asked people, or you asked, I think, Mark, uh, about people's uh, teas. Okay, match teas that they'd had that they'd enjoyed. This was off the back, actually, of that news item about match teas being sort of taken away, uh, mainly, I think, for COVID reasons. So we're just going to pick through this this correspondence. Uh, here we go. And let's start with the worst. Um, someone says, Vale CC. Uh, fish paste sandwiches. That's been that's that's the worst. That's sent in by by Brando, presumably Marlon Brando um, from um, Last Tango in Paris. Uh, perhaps just not enough butter on the sandwiches. Okay, nominees, <laughs> nominees for the Hall of Fame of club teas. Here we go. Uh, this is nominated by Akish Kukar. The best tea is probably Hartley Whitney Cricket Club, an outstanding Victoria sponge cake. Um, perhaps. Um, uh, Zach Crawley, Mary Berry himself uh, would be able to pass comment. Uh, do, do you like a, a Victoria sponge, Mark? Yes. Um, although being the nutritious lobby over the moon with me saying this, I am a, a big cake fan. Um, chocolate fudge being at the top, jam really poorly being second, and then Victoria sponge coming in at number three. Number three, that's very good. Well, it's got a podium place on uh, Mark, Mark Wood's Pudding Grand Prix. Um, Old Shot Officers Club is amazing. This is Chris Marking. Uh, they had pretty much a full carvery with a gatto on each table. That sounds astonishing. Uh, that's what you were talking about at Lord's Mark, where you'd sort of eat, you know, nine racks of lamb or whatever, and then sort of just about make your way onto the pitch and hope that they didn't hand you the ball. Yeah, well, it's not just hand you. It's the fact that you've still got the the beef gravy dripping off your fingers as you're looking at <laughs> Fingers. Okay, Tom Marshall nominates. Without doubt, the best teas I've ever had was at Caribbean Cricket Club in Leeds. A choice of fish, veg, or goat curry with rice washed down with red stripe. Tremendous. Ooh. I think the goat curry. A little bit of drinking during. I remember getting really nervous about a club game I played in when I moved to London in the uh, about 2006 or something, and I got really nervous. And the first game we played, got up there, and I was sort of fielding, and the bat, the opening batsman walked out with a can of red stripe and just handed it to the umpire to hold and I thought actually maybe this isn't going to be frightening um, did he get did he get many he got about 30 30 odd mm. there you he go. didn't he didn't get so many that he finished the first can and a sort of 12th man <laughs> had to come on with another can <laughs> here we go uh nominated by Matt Tufts uh as the secretary for Ramsgate Corinthians uh I never fail to muster a team together for our game at Deal Victoria do I sound, when I read these letters out, does that instantly make me talk with the rhythms of Jonathan Agnew? In my head, I feel like I'm becoming Jonathan Agnew by reading out something. Uh, so um, I, mean, I can hear myself using sort of stresses that I wouldn't normally make in words, but it's because as a secretary of a Ramsgate Corinthians, I never fail to muster a team to, That's how he'd said, isn't it? I never fail to muster a team together for our game at Deal Victoria. The T's are second to none. We never travel with less than a 12th man and umpire scorer, even supporters. A selection of chicken, roast potatoes, freshly made cakes, hot pasta, and array of sandwiches leave the captain in no doubt at the toss, regardless of conditions. That sounds divine. Um, yeah, top draw that. And uh, here's one... Uh, Mike Garrett writes in, I once played a game against a side near Nottingham called West Indian Cavaliers. The tea was buckets of KFC. Being a bowler and batting seconds, I filled my boots. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that Donald Trump would have as sort of a, his menu when he, various heads of state came to visit. Thank you very much indeed for those that wrote in. What should, what should we ask for our question this week? Should we ask, should we ask about nicknames? Nicknames, best best and worst club nicknames. And why? Got to be why. And why, yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, we don't want to have to sort of try and work it out for ourselves. So if you could send it in exactly the same as we have done before to uh, email or, or the social media, uh, tell us, club cricketers, what's the best nickname you've come up for a club cricketer and why? Is, and uh, send it to middlepleas at hotmail.com. We've got a good guest coming on next. We um, have. Um, should we should we drop a clue this time, or should I just give it away again? Well, I tell you what, I'll 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 drop some clues and then you can give it away. Does okay. that work? Does that keep everyone? Yeah. Um, okay. That works for me. Here we are. Okay, we have on a man now. Uh, he um, he has is a footballer. 
That's your uh, heart. <laughs> yeah, now that's all you're getting. <laughs> he's a footballer. He's called Joe Hart. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You've just got to work it out. You've got to. You've got to put those together. Brilliant. I look forward to speeding, especially after the Spurs training ground incident. Should be good fun. We'll be back with Joe Hart after the break. I'd just like to take a moment to thank our sponsors who have helped make this podcast possible. Cricketers Gin is the perfect pairing for Tonic, but also this podcast, as they also believe in creating something enjoyable around the sport we love. Cricketers is an exquisite local gin, a family business, and was inspired during a game of cricket on a sunny village green in Pinckney's, Berkshire. The founders decided that the quintessential British game, along with the wild botanicals growing in abundance nearby, deserved a bespoke artisan gin of its own. Cricketers is distilled to the highest London gin standards. All the ingredients are natural and added before distillation, ensuring it's the purest form of gin, and that Cricketers delivers a beautifully smooth juniper-forward gin. You can find this wonderful cricketing tipple at cricketersgin.com, and we thank them for their support. There is a special 10% discount if you use the code POD. Follow Joe Hart? Then follow The Spurs Show, the world's longest-running and most listened-to Tottenham Hotspur podcast. With celebrity guests each week and ex-Spurs players, it's the most entertaining weekly listen on Spurs out there. Available wherever you get your podcasts or download the free app at spurshow.net. William Hill's Safer Gambling Tools help you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill. It's who you play with. Fernandez! Oh, that is a brilliant save. What a reach by Joe Hart. So, uh, welcome to Middle Please Umpire, uh, Joe Hart. Hello, Joe. Good evening. You all right? Uh, I'm very well, very well indeed. You've just narrowly missed uh, express pace bowler Mark Wood doing his absolute nut at his, uh, his iPad. He's up in Northumberland just going bananas there. Are you all right now, Mark? Yes, simmered down just about, but... Uh... The iPad's still intact. Angriest face I've ever seen. Hopefully you're calmer than that, Joe. You've got lots to talk about football in front. We want to talk to you partly about the, the, the cricket side of your 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 life. You're, um, I think, Mark, did you say you'd play... Did you play it for at Shrewsbury? Is that where you played? Is that where you grew up, Joe? Yeah, that was my club cricket, yeah. You've played there, haven't you, Mark? Yeah, I've, if I remember right, it was a little clubhouse in the corner, sort of public or a road going down the side. Cause, and I remember that road very vividly because James Taylor who was from that area, kept slog sweeping me for six into them trees. Um, <laughs> so not happy, not a happy hunting ground for me, that one, Joe. When did you last play a serious game of cricket, Joe? Not that what you've been doing at the Spurs training ground isn't highly competitive. When did you last pull on the whites for proper? So I, I haven't played properly for years. Like, I mean, you know, a good amount of years. I don't know, 10, 12. But then 2018, uh, I, I wasn't involved in the World Cup. Somehow I fell at the last third, I wasn't even involved in it. And then my best friend, who's the captain of Shrewsbury Cricket Club, who he, he organised this for me with you guys. I said, get me in. I'd love to have my first opportunity, my first summer when I'm not playing. So it was actually England, England to final in Sweden. I was playing cricket against Shrewsbury first and having a great time. So That is mental. That is mental. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I was supposed to play the week before and then it fell through. And I was like, oh God, I thought it's going to look awful. But then I thought, you know what? I'm not actually required, so I may as well go and have some fun. Can you imagine being that team that turns up, Miles, and then, like, shows that? <laughs> You'd be thinking, is, it, is he Collie Dogging, or is he going to open yeah, the ball yeah. in here? <laughs> You'd be just praying that he was a one-sport man, wouldn't you? Think, yeah. no, surely. I played in that league loads. A big actual game of football, in your respect, cricket, isn't, you know, really changed me as a person or changed how I think, but I was so scared. I was so nervous. I was so paranoid that I was like stepping on people's toes and obviously <laughs> doing what people take seriously. And wow, I didn't, I didn't bowl. But before the game, did they say, "Can we just introduce you to little Liam? He's twelve. He was going to be making his debut today, but <laughs> we've asked him to step aside so that you can get a game." That 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 was that was what I was so I was so nervous about, and that was why I fit, fitted into that game. People wanted to watch the football, so. I had an opportunity to kind of see him jump in for one game and jump out. The boy, you know, you know what Saturday league cricket is. People take it really seriously, and I and I respect that. And, and what kit? What kit did you use, Joe? I'm, I'm expecting some sort of like GM Maxi Marcus Triscothic like opening batsman. 
I borrowed I borrowed everything from everyone. Oh really? Yeah, I just threw I thought I thought I could invest and be that guy that, you know, turns up looking the nuts, but I, yeah. actually, I was gonna play one game. So <laughs> mm. I I bought a, a club shirt because, you know, obviously it goes back to the club and then the rest of it I just borrowed my, I couldn't move. I, the, the shoes I was wearing absolutely destroyed my feet, but fielding for fifty five overs. And was it a bit like sort of football? Did you did you have the the tight kit on, the sleeveless top, or were you a, a modern day cricket now where you have everything hanging out or was it prim and proper? No, it was fairly prim and proper. The top I rolled the top up because it was a hot day and I was still, you know, we don't get much summer, so I enjoyed that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I look I looked okay. I just literally threw it together. And what level did you get to then when 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 you were younger? I mean I'm assuming there's an element with if you're playing another sport professionally, you're told not to do something as dangerous as playing cricket. I mean if you if you, you know, injured a knuckle or something. No, I, I was really lucky. Um the, the way I look at it is, um, you know, where I'm from, Shrewsbury, it's a, really, it's a small place, um, but it's like the most important place in a small place, if that makes sense. You know, we, we had no city to kind of have stars in our eyes and look up to. We didn't really, you know, the local football team, Shrewsbury Town was the best team. And we didn't have any, we didn't have any minor county. Uh, sorry, we were a minor county in cricket. We were Shropshire. So that was our bubble. So... All the other guys who around me played for Wolves and things like that. They had they had stipulations. They couldn't play football for their school. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do that. But you know, I could do whatever I wanted whenever with as long as I turned up for my games of football. Shrewsbury Town didn't say a word about what I did cricket wise. So I was free to be a kid till I was sixteen when I ultimately had to kind of obviously take schoolboy forms on and, and respect the game a little bit more. And so who did, who did you come up against then in your in your sort of cricket career? Who have you have you been monstered by anyone that's gone on to greatness or vice versa? So we uh, played Moeen a lot. He played for Warwickshire. Uh, we played for Shropshire. Um, he was like a fat. He was like a fast bowler. No way! I promise you, he was a, he was like a chirpy kid, like real cheeky, kind of um, <laughs> like little fast bowler. I never really thought anything. You no, know, always thought he was a good cricketer. Couldn't, you know, unbelievable cricketer now. He smashed it. Give it licks is what he used to say. <laughs> that was his terms. He keeps asking the physio for ice for his bat every time he bats now more. So if he does well, he's like, oh, physio can I have some ice for my bat. So that doesn't, that, what you say that doesn't surprise me that much, actually. Yeah, honestly, he was lively. Um, and then I played against Adil Rashid in the, the Bunbury tournament. He, he was, I think he was the year below me. Um, and I was sent in to wallop him. Because he, t- he tossed it up, but... And was he good? Yeah, way too good. Way too good. I would just look like a, a fish out of water trying to trying to smash him. I played with Steve Davis, the wicketkeeper. I was at Worcester Academy, kind of 14, 15, 16. And obviously, little Jimmy Taylor was at Shrewsbury with me. So, yeah, I, I played against them with a few of the guys. The main thing I've, that's Joe's clear for me is it's pronounced Shrewsbury and not Shrewsbury, as I've been saying it this whole time. So I'm just pleased that I've got it right eventually. <laughs> if you want to hear it from him, I think he... I don't even know if he's from Shrewsbury. So there's a private school, like an elite private school in the town. And if you, if you go to that, you're, it's, Shro- it's Shrewsbury. So if you think something of yourself or you're posh or whatever you want to say. Oh, no, you, Joe, you've killed me now. I've been saying it's Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Oh, no. Yeah, but that's because you're in cricket and everyone's posh. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, any links to, um, to wicketkeeping and goalkeeping? I mean, for, from my point of view, I know a fraud that we've brought in football goalkeeping coaches for the likes of Joss and things at certain points. But how big a link is that? Is it very similar? Is it not similar at all? I think, I think in principle, there's obviously a huge link. I think the, the, the movements, the set positions, but as um, size-wise and stuff like that, you know, I'd, I'd really struggle. I think a wicketkeeper could use a goalkeeping technique, but the vice versa wouldn't work because of the low starting position. I don't know if it's evolving a little bit more and I see the wicket keepers are doing a lot more movement before the ball. But when I was young, if you were a keeper, you literally just stood there, crouched as you could and then reacted from there. But I see I see how they can they can be linked. They stand sort of wider of off stump now sometimes, don't they? It seems it's just sort of like an unrecognised it looks really unconventional, not even not pointing down the wicket as well. I mean as a goalkeeper, if you were standing anywhere than bang in the middle, people would be think you were demented. And I suppose the other thing then is that you you as a when you're in goal, you're as close to the crowd as you can be at all points of the game. How, how much pressure does that put on you? Um, it depends how seriously you want to take yourself. I've always enjoyed that, you know, right from, you know, I played really young. And as I say, my kind of surroundings of early doors, it was 1,500, then it was 2,000, then it was 3,000. And it's gradually grown. So I've started off 
literally hearing everything that everyone had to say. People taking the piss out of me for being young. For, you know, I used to have like blonde streaks in my head. Like all the, all the fun things that are genuinely funny and that I love about football, I've always been able to take them. And, you know, moving through the stages to people knowing literally everything about you and trying to use that against you. I just think it's hilarious. And I've never really took too much offence to it and always been able to kind of either have banter or do my best to kind of put someone in their place. But are you able to sort of let it turn into a white noise as well? I mean, are there times, you know, in a really tense game, an away game, for instance, and you're walking back to your line and think, oh, look at that lot behind me. I mean, do you, are there times when you have, you have to zone, zone out? I think there are times you have to zone out, but like I've always been of the opinion that it's just, it's just, it's just awesome. Like, why not listen to what people have got to say? Why not? You know, I, I love that about football. Um, some people are, are genuinely hilarious. Like they, they probably think they're trying to destroy your life, but I'm, I'm hearing what they're saying, thinking that's brilliant. Like, it's, <laughs> so obviously, there's moments to be serious and there's moments to take. But you know, 95 minutes, especially with some of the teams I've played, and 80 of those, I'm literally just enjoying the game like they are. So. I may as well hear what they got to say. I've, I've had some terrible, I've had some terrible ones. Honestly, like the, you do try, like you laugh it off and you might as well. But I remember this bloke at Scarborough called me noodle arms for an hour and a half every time <laughs> I picked up the ball. Great throw noodle arms. I was like, oh, honestly, it was funny at first. By the end, I was like, I need to get in the gym. I've got to stop this. <laughs> but yeah, like some, like if you go to Australia, that's the worst because that, that, that banter is horrendous. Like, it, like for me, it's the, when we go to like say I'm sure they probably get the same when they come over here. But with some of the English crowds, it can be quite funny and clever. But sometimes uh, when you're with the Australians, it's literally just so blunt. Like, wood, <laughs> and there was this guy who was like wood, wood. I was like, so I turned around and he says, "Oh, will you sign this for my son?" So as I go out, as I go over to him, he just went wanga and ran off. I was just like, <laughs> right, okay. What about in the? In like India and stuff like that, are they just literally buzzing to be there, like look on the TV, or <laughs> yeah. is there any sort of to and fro? Well, what I can't understand them. So if they're shouting abuse, I don't really get it. But the second thing is, it's like it's just one massive scream. Like the fans over there are literally crazy. So it's just like a, ah, and that's like so that's like someone's knocked it for one. It's just a one, and <laughs> they've gone like mental. <laughs> but they're so steeped in it as well, don't they? They all know all that. I remember watching at the Wankady Stadium in Mumbai and just the knowledge they had of, you know, they knew our players better than I did, I thought, around that, you know, they would sort of reel off people's, you know, they'd reel off Monty Panazar's stats from the season before in first class cricket or whatever. Oh, Shah was batting and they just knew, you know, all of his sort of career stuff. Well, I reckon it's probably close to what football is in this country. It's probably what cricket, yeah. cr- cricket, it's like that in India, it's sort of a religion. It's a, it's a thing that that all brought up on, and that's where that sort of huge crowd, the noise that, that I've not played. And I mean, you, you play in some fantastic atmospheres under the Barmy Army. Don't get us wrong; it's like awesome. But India is just a different level of just. It, 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 there's no like sort of songs like the Barmy Army. It's just noise, just constant noise. I used to think when I first started listening, like in the '90s, you couldn't hear. You knew a wicket had fallen because there was this noise, but the commentators would have to wait a couple of minutes before describing which of our many failures on the 1993 <laughs> tour they were describing. But now, what about the moment then, Joe? Are you playing, you know, playing in empty stadiums at the moment? Is that is that just an extraordinary feeling? Yeah, I think it, it, it was, but I think in sport, you know, especially I, I've always found that you just get used to things really quickly. It, it kind of is what it is. You know, first of all, it's an experience and, you know, you have to come through and people are checking your temperature and swabs. But now that is just a, you know, a way of daily life for us to go out and play football. So I don't know, I'm, I'm quite a black and white kind of guy. And, that you know, that's what that's what we need to do to play. So I just go out and, and do it that way. We've had, but we've had over the last week or so, we've had fans in the stadium. And 2000 just feels like, it just feels like life's back again. It really does. And now it's been taken away. <laughs> so has that been sort of like no home advantage sort of thing? Like with, when it's been empty crowds, has it felt like the other team has come into it a bit more? We, obviously in the summer, we didn't have any crowds. And I, I know that we won, but it did feel totally different when the crowds had. It gives you that extra lift when, you, when they're under pressure or if you need it. Was that the same with you or not? I think, yeah, exactly. Exactly the same. And you can tell um, the moments in the game you know, when, when one team needs a breather, for instance, you know, they'll they'll push their team on to, to put pressure on or to, to hang deep. And that those kind of ebbs and flows aren't really there. It's just literally a game of football. 
Now, how long how long has this um, cricket uh, at Spurs been going on? Is that is did you introduce that? No, I think um, everywhere I've gone, I've loved cricket. I've, you know, I've never I've never made any uh, any secret of that. But you know, I've literally, I've had to argue with everyone. Well, it's not it's nothing to be ashamed of, Joe. <laughs> I've had, to, but I've had to, I've had to argue with, I've had to argue with the English people, and then I've fully had to try and explain what the what the hell's going on to the to the European or the South American <laughs> boys. Like literally, they got no, they got no clue what we're doing, and and then then it'll be sabotaged by an Englishman going, basically, it's a shit game of baseball or something like that, and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the, the whole, and then the boys will play a test match, and everyone will get into it. And then if it ends in a draw, then I've lost everyone because they can't get their head around five days of the game. <laughs> yeah, and, what, and nobody wins. Like that. That's where I lose people. But Tottenham, um, we we were talking, and a few were like, yeah, yeah. And then we got them token gesture set. I think one of the lads ordered it, and we we're going to just play it in the dressing room. And then literally realised there was about eight, nine of us hardcore who really fancied it. And then we got some better stuff in. <laughs> Love that. We just took a, just took over the gym. Um, and we, we'd been playing for a long time. Uh, and then the camera, you know what, they're like, if anyone's having any sort of fun, that they, they try and like <laughs> yeah. make us look good. Make us look good, really. And then the cameraman came in. But Hey, I thought you looked, le- I thought you looked lethal, mate. You were like, I, if I had a compared anyone, it was a, a Mitchell Johnson-esque spell, bombing Harry Kane, and then you, you pitch one up and knock him over. I thought that was quality. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. I've, no, we've got we've got mix of abilities. We've got some boys who've like not really played, but... So I'm not Harry. I can I can unload on and try and really <laughs> kind of work him out. So because it, it, he's good. Who's the most improved? And is there someone that you introduced to the game from a total novice now that can hold an end up? Eric, Eric Dyer's claiming that he he never played before with his with his Portuguese upbringing, but he's actually and he asked me to specially mention him. And he does this, if if he is telling the truth that he's never played, then he's improving rapidly. Delhi's learning the ropes um, slowly but surely. And we've got uh, Matt Doherty, who's just the most, the keenest Irishman I've ever met who even knew what cricket was, let alone, <laughs> you know, he, he absolutely loves it. With, with limited ability, he loves it. Class. I wonder if now you're going to get the cricket into the football. Like if a, if a corner kick comes over, you're going to start like saying, right, back it up, lads. One brings two here, lads, when, 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 you're one, when, you're one, when it's nil-nil. Are you going to start getting the calls in or what? <laughs> that's, I, I don't, that's just, to be fair, I think there's only about two or three of us who would understand cricket terminology. Like the boys, they just know that you bowl and bat it. Like we've got little Serge Reguillon, um, Spanish, Spanish left-back from Real Madrid of all places, and, and he's sliding around trying to play cricket with us with constantly saying he has no clue what's going on but he loves it <laughs> brilliant it's what are you, are you playing with a hard ball no no you can't be we've got like um a, a softish wind ball with a seam but the the floor's too grippy so the tennis ball works best because it skids on um and then sort of like we've been the lads have been taping the ball and everything and putting tape on a on a good length so that they can try and spin it there's been there's been all sorts of different variations but tennis ball usually because we we smashed the window. Uh, we smashed the mirrors the other day. We're on the back. The bat flew out one of the lads' hands, and it looks like a bullet's been shot through the window. It'll t- touch a mat prior. We're smashing up the gym. It's good. Who who if you like if there was a player nowadays who or even recently who would you compare your, yourself to, or who would you love to join in with you, for example, like a like a Ben Stokes or a Flint off that kind of bowl it bowl it and smash it kind of idea is is where I'm at. That's uh that's the cricket that I've. That I've always loved. Are you not looking for a 95 mile an hour bowler who plays occasionally? I mean, I know Miles, I did tee him up there and he just absolutely <laughs> smashed it, didn't he? He just was like, nah, you're crapping them on you. Well, I, I said today that I was going to speak to you and then the boys were like, because they think I'm I'm fast in there. And and, and then they were literally con- trying to get their head right. Obviously, with your, like, before you lengthened your run up, we were, we were realizing that you could probably get your full run up in our gym. So, therefore, being able to bowl as fast as you usually could. <laughs> And then we were like, oh, oh, shit. Like, you wouldn't be welcome. You'd kill people. <laughs> uh, I, see why you've, I see why you knocked us down now, Joe. We were just, we were just scared, that's all. <laughs> it's simply because of the length of your run-up, Mark. They need someone, yeah, to skip it in. What was he, when he bowled, um, uh, when Moen bowled pace, was he a right arm or left arm? Right arm. Left-handed bat, right arm, little zippy bowler. That is extraordinary. And he, the right knee had the same length beard, didn't he, Joe? Mate, there was there was none of that going on, <laughs> none of that going on as a youngster. 
None of that. I'll, I'll have to text more. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. I kind of believe he was sledging anyone. That's just not more at all. Maybe it was a previous life, but honestly, because he, he's got a lot. He's got two older brothers who play, right? Was it yeah, one that's right, yeah. Yep. yeah, I remember we used to play him all the time. He might not remember me, but I remember him. Shropshire versus Warwickshire. Because they, the, they were the city boys and we were just, like I say, Shropshire, like no one cares about them. So when did you, when did you get quick? Like really quick? Because you're, you're not just fast, you're like one of our fastest, if not the, no? I reckon, so about uh, 16, 17, I had a growth spurt where I went from five foot one to five foot four. So it was just that little bit, but I, I, I managed <laughs> to gain a yard then. Um, so fairly like maybe 80 mile an hour and then from there I I got a bit stronger and developed. What, in your teens you were bowling 80 miles an hour? I reckon towards when I got on the uh, end of the academy I was I would have bowled around about that. I mean. Yeah but you see Joe knocking over people it's not it just comes to a naturally doesn't it? It just Joe just happens. <laughs> just happens we can't we can't put our finger on it it just happens <laughs> you've been able to play overseas as well as d- different clubs here I mean do you, do you do you find now as a player you're a sort of you know you're a you're a composite of all of those experiences and you, as a result of playing in so many different environments I think definitely um, and I think it's you know really lucky in football to experience other, other guys from all over the world you know like coming in and giving their experiences I loved I went about three or four years ago and, and played a year out there and it was amazing. It was just like I loved being the foreign guy. I loved you know not really having to any real responsibility over there. Um, you're almost like an alien, um, and you know I, I'm you just we're just so used to taking it easy in England. We've got everything we can do everything, but I really liked it. I'd love to have done it when I was a lot younger, and I always kind of push for our younger guys if they if they're good enough. There's no real space for them to play to to explore that rather than going to Gillingham, no respect to Gillingham alone, um, for example, get off out to the Serie A or, you know, even Serie B or into Spain, you know, and just and go and see what the world's all about. And does it also mean that thing whereby you, you know, once you've got a decent number of flying hours, any position, uh, situation rather, game situation, you almost, you can't come up against a game situation now that you haven't come up against before. Not just in terms of scoreline, in terms of mode of playing or whatever. You must always have a thing in the back pocket. You think, I've been here before, this is what we need to do. Yeah, fans, environment, I think you need to experience them all to feel rounded as a player. Especially the position I'm in, you, you need to feel comfortable because if you don't, you know, you kind of come unstuck. So to, I've experienced abuse, support, snow, you know, rain, good pitches, bad pitches. It does, you know, I, I'm, I'm at 33 now and however many games I've played, there's not really an environment I haven't played in, so I just kind of roll out and play football now and see what see what happens. So what's uh, so what's how's that in Italian then? Obviously you, you you've, <laughs> you've banked that now. I did not not a word not a word of cricket not one. I don't, I don't think I even bowled a ball whilst I was over. There was no point. When when you went back to Shrewsbury Town, when you when you hadn't played a game for a long time, did you slip straight back into it? I mean, did you naturally just measure out your mark? know exactly what you were doing I, I, I wanted to bowl but they wouldn't you know they didn't find the place for me to bowl which which i kind of respected um you know because they, they were pushing for pushing the league and things like that uh, i think i batted about seven and i you know i was really i was nervous because i felt like i was stepping on people's toes i, I smashed one through the covers buzzing then i got a one and then next next over uh, i played at one they appealed and i thought i hit it you know, and they went to, and the umpire said not out. And I just, I felt really, I just felt like a wave of guilt come over. I said, lads, I've hit that. I'm really, you know. And they looked at me funny and I just walked off. And then like my captain was, he was fuming at me. He was like, no one thinks you hit it. I went, well, I do. So I didn't know what to do because I was out of my comfort zone and I felt like I had hit it. I just didn't. I just didn't have it in me to kind of protest. I just walked off. Felt dead That's awkward. class. Honesty, great. I love that. That's class. Jose, is there any? Are there any contemporary players genuinely honest, Mark, on the cricketing front? Who does anyone walk in the current setup? Uh, jo- Joss is a yeah. Joss is a big walker. Or Jose is a, Jose, as we like yep. to call him now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joss <laughs> is a is a big walker. I would almost say that Moore would have been as well, but now I, I'm second guessing it after after what Joss said. So. Was your, I mean, was your personality different when you were a young off-spinner, Mark? I mean, everyone, you know, people change. <laughs> Joe, I think it's um, um, it's very nice of you to spare time to talk to 
I was going to say two idiots, but I've already riled Mark this evening to talk to one idiot and one World Cup winning, <laughs> World Cup winning cricketer. Um, it, uh, it, Congratulations for that, Mark, by the way. Thanks. Cheers, Fucking, Jordan. What, what, what a summer that was. I just listened to Ben Snokes' um, his, his versions of it you know, on audiobook. It was, I enjoyed it. It was good. Did he speak in his TV voice or his Northeast voice? He didn't. Someone else did. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah, he, he got so he got someone else to cover it. I think Sam Neil does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell the lads I'm ready for me for me Spurs training ground ball net session. So when the lads are ready for us, I'm I'm ready. You get me in there. I'm ready. Stokes is a Spurs fan as well, so we'll get we'll, we'll both come down. Literally, come whenever you want. The guys at lit are gagging to go into a net somewhere. So if you can think of anywhere around, right? Well, let's get let's get Stokesy. Let's get Stokesy involved and we'll, we'll go to Lords or something Middlesex will have with, so um, we'll get it sorted. That'll be unreal. The boys will be, boys will be buzzing. But thanks so much, Joe. It's very nice to digitally meet you. Aye, right, thanks, Joe. Being class, thank you. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure. Well, that was delightful. Yeah, that was, that was quality. Miles, I am a little bit devastated that you didn't tell him about your goalkeeping exploits. Yeah, I was the uh, goalkeeper for my uh, prep school second eleven, and um, I only let in seven goals uh, in um, yeah in the nineteen ninety two season. I could t- I could tell that there was a goalkeeper's union between you, especially when you you both fist pumped the chest and tried to swap gloves over the over your computer. That, that's, <laughs> that's when I could right. really yeah, tell yeah. that you were in the union together. And I've I've got lots of information written on my water bottle. Um, do you know how many uh, matches we played in the nineteen ninety two season for me to only let in seven goals? Um, I'm going to say that you are you are someone that will take pride in his goalkeeping performances. So I'm going to say seven goals in eight games. Oh, you're not far off, actually. It is um, a number that uh, divides quite neatly into eight. It was uh, two two games, Mark. <laughs> I was uh, I was really impressed with you. I thought he spoke really well. He, you know about his experiences and. Um, it, Another thing that I think, obviously, for people listening is that he, he played more than one sport as well. Obviously, he's getting a, a high level in one, but great to hear that he, he played more than one sport and that he um, has used those sort of... Because I, th- I think that's a big one for me with bowling fast as well. It's, it's not just, you know, that I played cricket. It was that I did other things and that athleticism then comes through. And I hope that's, you know, probably helped him. And well, I suppose that's, that's one of the things they say about Jose, isn't it? That, um, you know, he... <laughs> I would love to be able to just say it in a sort of calm fashion, but I can't. I'm so excited by the idea that you call him. Uh, but that is one of the things about Josh Butler. Josh Butler is the fact that he's a sort of he played so many different sports as a young man. And in fact, I remember when Owen Morgan started playing for Middlesex, I suppose, which would be what early noughties. Mm. There were the fact that he'd played um, what's it called Gaelic f- football. What's that? Gaelic football, yeah. And he had that just extraordinary wristy thing that meant that, like, just how naturally the reverse sweep came to him, and that kind of meant that he just it just gave him an extra dimension, an extra versatility. He's a completely different player to watch now, I suppose. But again, he's someone that's just played so much around the world, and that I think someone like Joe Hart, he has that aura he gives off. He has he has been there and done that, hasn't he? So he's not. I think I think as well, like obviously we're talking about the fact that he's done other sports, but. You know, it, from the footage that we watch, I mean, I remember Jimmy Anderson and, and Stuart Broad have had given Joe man of the match for his video at the Spurs training ground. Really? Uh, so he was, <laughs> he was obviously a, a good cricketer, but there's been more than one good footballer who could have been a cricketer. I mean, I'm sure the two Neville brothers were um, good cricketers. In fact, I'm sure if they reckon Phil could have nearly played for played for England. I think he was on the Lancashire books and, and a bit like Joe and the fact that he had to make a decision which way to go down. I'm, I'm sure Joe and Phil Neville don't regret it now. But Someone told me that Phil Neville kept Ronnie Irani out of the Lancashire seconds side. And that's how Ronnie Irani, who I think was a Bolton lad, how he ended up playing for Essex. And doing the um, doing the warm-up in front of Bay 13. And of course the reverse is true, isn't it? Vic Marks, of course, played at left-back for Inter Milan for many years. <laughs> Well, your guy—he's um, just retired. Phil Phil Neal. He he played football. Yeah, he was he was one of the rare ones that played actually both football and cricket for professionally for years. So I think he played. Obviously, he, was, he played cricket at uh, Worcestershire, where he was he was captain and um, played for a lot of years. But I think he played at uh, 
uh, Lincoln, I think, was his was his team. Look, I found that uh, really interesting with Drew. I thought he was. I thought obviously before he come on, if it, if it's a cricket chat, but he was very knowledgeable about about the game. So he, he must have played a good standard. Well, every every indication you, you don't get invited to those sort of Bunbury tournaments, do you? Unless you're sort of talented. I'm still in shock about Moen Ali. I tell you, I'm still in shock now. About the idea of him being mouthy or him being fast. Both. You must have seen <laughs> Moen Ali batting is one of, I think, the most beautiful things, not just in sports, Mark, but in all in all culture. Agreed, agreed. And it just looks so elegant when he bats it. It seems to fly off his bat. He looks like he's hardly timing it. But, you know, coming from older brothers and um, sort of the, the area of Birmingham where he's from, he, he often talks about the culture there and, and sort of playing against older kids and on the streets with tape balls. So he's probably used to, you know, sticking it to older people and, um, you know, really sticking up for himself. There's a very good book called uh, IPL 2.0, which um, is like a very sort of technical look, I suppose, at the... Maybe I should have read... Well, maybe I should have read the IPL thing. Maybe I wouldn't get whacked. <laughs> it's not called IPL 2.0. It's called Cricket 2.0, So, but it's about the IPL. And there's a really interesting chapter about tape ball uh, and just in terms of the sort of people that have... That, that's been their introduction to cricket. What an incredible grounding it's given to them and the amount of, You know, and these sort of very, very... Within their environments, incredibly famous tape ball cricketers. Anything that... Because you... What, what, I mean, what weird stuff do you do to train? Is there sort of weird stuff when you do... When they put something... You know, like when I was little, it would be like you'd shave the sides off a bat. So you had to hit it with the middle or, or whatever. What do you do that's odd? Yeah, so um, we bat with half bats. Um, or, or top half well, or bottom bat? bat? Bottom half. <laughs> they just shaved the sides, Miles. Thank right. you. I know exactly what you meant. Yes, very clever. They've taken out the middle half. You've got a handle and you've got the toe end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, the shave both sides off, create a bit of rough, or they put a mat down. And for like the tour that's coming up to Sri Lanka, that's how some of the lads will prepare. Other things that the lads will do is they will soak a bucket of rubber balls in a bucket of water that become obviously heavy you put water either on the indoor floor which again is rubber or you get like a whiteboard like a school whiteboard and you skim the rubber balls and it creates like fast bouncers so you face effectively if it hits you yes it will sting a little bit but it doesn't break your arm like a cricket ball would um, and Joss and um, Moan Ali actually the, the two people we've just been talking about they actually do that quite a bit you know Michael Atherton he used to do a thing to prepare for going to the West Indies where he'd put uh, a bowling machine on top of chairs because you know Curtly Ambrose's delivery height was you know sort of above the sight screen almost it was sort of had a release release height of sort of nearly nine foot or something well, what what about your preparation for Sri Lanka? Will you will you do any batting specific training for Sri Lanka? Yeah, I mean we'll practice a lot against spin. Um, we have a tent at Loughborough where they pump in basically heat into the tent to make it really hot to try and get used to to bowling in those conditions. Is it like misty, or is it just very? Is it like is it is it like your or is it sort of like um, I don't know your your grandmother's front room? I mean, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just it's just basically um, they're, they're bringing big heat as um, they pump the, the heat into there and you get used to basically sweating and feeling fatigued in the heat pretty quickly which you know in the modern game because you tour so much and you don't get a chance to um, settle in quick you sort of get there then you're in a practice game then the tour starts it's sort of just trying to help that out I guess So I, I went to India in 2006 to watch cricket and I remember we so game at Nagpur, game at Chandigarh, game at Mumbai, and it was so hot sitting in the shade that I thought I can't. I'm not sure how can I sit. How can I watch? How can I watch six hours of cricket in this heat? And then out there, there's someone like Harmo coming in off his long run, and I thought, how is that even possible? Yeah, I mean the the the, the hottest the hottest I've ever been to is um, we played a game at um, Dubai. I remember we had a train session. I remember actually being there and Liam Punkett bowling in just his um, cycling shorts. He was that hot. <laughs> um, and I remember we could only, we, ha- we have to wear these like GPS vests that tell us how far we run, the velocity we bowl. If you're running into bowl wearing a GPS vest and cycling shorts, presumably... It's not a great look, if I'm honest, as a fastball. It's not the most intimidating. It's quite, it's quite specialist. Yeah. <laughs> 
when you're playing in that sort of environment, there's a, what what can you do if you're if you're if you're batting and you just get really hot? There's nothing you can you just you can't just stop, can you? I mean, you can ask for more water and stuff, but you can't. Yeah, and, and nowadays, I, I, I'm not sure if this is definite, but I'm sure for the ECB, you have to wait, leave your helmet on at all times as well, which of course can get really hot. Um, back in the day, obviously, you'd see lads in the floppy hats or that other test caps. But I'm not even sure we can do that anymore. Are you going to turn your heat up in your own sitting room at Christmas in Northumberland just as a way of getting event ready? Uh, yeah, every day I get in my car for an hour and just go blast it as hot as I can in the car. And that's um, me all weather training done. You get pulled over by the police, just you in a pair of cycling shorts and some kind of GPS bra. <laughs> just getting ready for my holiday, officer. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, that is the end of this week's episode. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch uh, with uh, the podcast about anything, just use the usual addresses. It doesn't have to be about cricket. I mean, you know, just, I don't know if you need us to pick up something, whatever. We'll drop it round. If anyone wants one of those um, things, like it's like a pound coin for like, your locker or a trolley. I've got one that I don't need. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodbye. Great to see you. Should be taken and is taken. Brilliant from Martwood. What a spell this has been. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and email us at middlepleas at hotmail.com. Please also leave a review if you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Mark and everyone behind the scenes, including Cricketers Gin. Middle Please Umpire is an electric production in association with Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 